I greet you all in the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ and I welcome all of you in the name of the Lord. We are in great expectation. We have heard already wonderful songs and we are expecting the blessing of the Lord tonight. May all be blessed who are hearing the word. Now, we want to sing two songs as an assembly, bringing honor to the Lord. After what we ask our brother Müller from Austria to read us a word of introduction. We are singing from this booklet, song number 14, Showers of Blessing. Number 14 from this little booklet.
We sing now number 23. Jesus is calling. Number 23. Jesus is tenderly calling. I also would like to greet all of you in the precious and holy name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, we are singing Jesus Calling. Jesus is calling today. But, beloved, how long he will still call, this is another question. We know, we see the development that we are in the end time. 
Therefore, there's only one thing for us, to be ready. Let me read for the word of introduction a word, namely, from Hebrews, from chapter 10, from verse 12. Hebrews 10, verse 12. Hebrews 10, from verse 12. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins, forever sat down on the right hand of God. From henceforth, expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering he has perfected forever them that are sanctified. Hallelujah. That are forever perfect them. Beloved, when this happened, when this happened, therefore the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us. For after that he had said before, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds will I write them. Beloved, this is the will of God. His law, putting it into our hearts, writing it in it. Now we, want, we must be sincere. Has it already happened or not? Have we received this testimony by the Holy Spirit or not? So, beloved, if it is not so, don't leave it as a uh, presumption or don't assume it. But take it in violence. Don't look to the neighbor. But we who are advanced, we want to help them who want to press in. Not as our Lord said, those who, don't, who want to enter, that you don't let them. Blessed and praised be his wonderful name. I'm so grateful that I can have part in the preparation, beloved, and I, that I can experience that God fulfills and confirms His word in our time as He did before time. Let us stand up and let us ask for His blessing. Beloved Lord Jesus, Lord, my God, you know what people we are. We are coming to you by the shed blood to the throne of your grace. I ask you, let be merciful to us tonight. Your people Israel, they had to put the blood of the Lamb onto the doorpost, otherwise they could not go out. Let each one be certain Give a testimony that your blood has been applied. Let your word be alive and working in us. Inspire your servant and open our hearts so that we in full assurance of faith can come to you and that we can take every promise for us. To you be the glory and honor in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated. Blessed and praised be the Lord.
I would like it best if I, I would suggest that we sing song number 35 together. Amazing Grace, 35. How sweet the sound that saved the wretch like me. The invitation we received already. And let us sing this song prayerfully and with a grateful heart. Let us sing it. Song 35. Praise and thanks be unto our Lord for His grace and faithfulness. We are greeting also from this place all our brothers, all our sisters, in all countries, peoples and tongues. We wish all, with all our hearts, God's blessing.
and in particular those who are newly added we wish them that they quickly come into step into lockstep and that they have no inner resistance but that they let God's word count that they receive God's word and believe it as the scripture says it then we have greetings from brother Wallström from brother Graf from brother John from Bucharest greetings from Moldavia greetings from the Ukraine greetings from Moscow greetings from three brothers from Italy from five brothers from Africa. Yes. One could continue. We are joined with many, with all who are now joined with the Lord and who receive His word. With them, we are also joined. The time is uh, moving on fast. No week, no day, no month returns. We have tried to redeem also no the November, October. We redeemed. On the second weekend, we were in Paris. I would like that Brother Gilbert, our Brother Didier, that he stands up, please stand up, Brother Didier. God bless you in a special way. We had a very large meeting in Paris. God called from near and far and he could use our brother in a very special way. Then on the third weekend, I was with Brother Paul Schmidt in the Ukraine. And there were brothers and sisters. They were coming from over 1,000 kilometer, kilometer distance to hear the word of God. Up behind Moscow and from Kiev, from Minsk, from Grotno, from the island of Krim, from all over they have come to hear the word of God. On the fourth weekend we were in Bern in Switzerland and in Zurich. We are just looking back to this time which we redeemed to bring the precious word, this precious seed, to sow it and to bring the promises of God to the people of God. I just see we have also greetings from Denver, Colorado. We are really joined with many brothers and sisters. We have heard the word of God for the introduction already. Just very tremendous. How by the word the, re the, the finished redemption is being shown to us. God from his side, he really, he did everything. 
He did everything. Now it's our turn that we receive it by faith and that we also experience it personally by faith. So that we, I read it, I read it from the book of Revelation, chapter 3, so that we are part of the overcomers by His grace. We, of course, have sung of the throne in this last song. And here it says in Revelation, chapter 3, verse 21 and 22, To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me on my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my Father on his throne. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. And before that, it says in verse 20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice, and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. And this can happen tonight at this place here with each one of us that we hear His voice, that we hear His knocking, that we open the, heart, the doors of our hearts so that He can take dwelling in us and so that He can sup with us. Also today, he wants to prepare us a richly prepared table before us so that we can really feast on the rich goods of his house. The Lord God, may he bless us tonight. To me came the thought that all the churches, all the denominations, all the religious fellowships, all are doing what they think to be right. But the church of Jesus Christ has the word of the new covenant. And they alone, she alone will act according to the word of God. In all the denominations and churches, the people will have to say so. In the church of the Lord, only one has to say so. Only His word counts forever. The reason was perhaps who was directing my thoughts. Here, for instance, we have 
18 pastoresses, she pastors, who are doing their duty in the church. Yes, greet God. Greetings. These she pastors, they are reading then what God has commanded his servants, what they had to write down, whether 1 Corinthians 14 or in all the various scriptures. They are scoffing, they are mocking about that, what is written in the Bible. They are in the right. Today, all are in the right. doesn't matter what they are saying and what they are doing. But thanks be to God, there is a church on the earth which was chosen before the foundation of the world. And for all the sisters in Christ counts the word which is left to us here. And in the same way for all the brothers. We have reverence and respect before the word of God. And we don't believe that a man on the earth has the right to change and to place oneself over the word of God and to do what they, what, what, what they like. Now, something. On the 9th, on the 9th of November, the crystal night uh, has the anniversary for the 70s, 70 year. It was on the 9th of November, 1938. And one can take it out from the internet when in all of Germany and Austria all the synagogues went up in flames when 400 people Jews in one night were murdered when 30,000 were put into concentration camps here we have only one question who knew who knew where the Jews are staying? Who was uh, doing all this? Who was planning it? Did I want it? Did my dad or grandfather wanted it? Who wanted it? I'm grateful. I'm writing it in the December circular when Brother Brenham told me Really out of the blue sky, he told me, Brother Frank, on Germany there is no curse because of the murdering of the Jews. God will only judge those who have the responsibility for it. A burden was taken from me. But we cannot just go over this. But we are really also having pain and sorrow about what happened to the people of Israel. Here are the details written down. 
To this, I just want to say, God bless Israel. God bless all the neighboring countries. God bless all, really all. And through Abraham, we have the promise. In thee shall all the kindreds of the earth be blessed. All the nations, doesn't matter in what kind of religion people were born into. In as much as the people are coming to Christ, they are receiving the blessing which God has given to us by His grace. Then we have here something which also touches me. Brother Hamas took, he brought me a very important drawing. It rests upon the statement of Brother Brenham that it is very important that in the soul, not in the second realm, Brother Brenham spoke of three circles, of three circles, the outer circle, the second, and then the soul, the soul of man, the most inner of the inner. And friends, if we look at this outer circle, feeling, smelling, hearing, tasting, seeing. About this we can all decide. Then we have the second realm, the conscience, uh, the mind, all things are included there. In the third realm, in the soul, is either the faith and eternal life, or the doubt and the second death. And then we really, we have to imagine, we have to think about what did we experience with God. Let us say it again, to, to also quote like Brother Brennan. For instance, he spoke about, for instance, that people can be anointed in the second realm, in the second realm, they can be even spirit baptized, baptized in the spirit, uh, using gifts, making and doing signs and wonders, and in the soul, not even being saved, not even being born again. And there we are really coming to our time in which we are living. All over, charismatic, all over, they speak of anointing. People are touched. Yes, and if one then comes with the word of God, then it starts. Then the spirits are separating. Then it's like Brother Brenham said it. In his simplicity, he said, as long as you, uh, like a cat, you, you, then everything is well. But woe unto you when you go against the, the skin. Then you know what happens. Then you see what happens. 
And out of experience, we had to find out that all, also the charismatics, also the Pentecostal movement, over 600 million people are there, are included, charismatic, in 182 countries, all over comes up the impression that here God is present. Here signs and wonders are happening. But where are the born-again people? Where is a new heart? Where is the biblical faith? Where is the connection to God by the Word and by the Holy Spirit? So, not only charismatic or anointing in the second realm, but life from God, eternal life by the faith in Jesus Christ to have received it. And then, of course, the anointing, which also belongs to it. Then, Brother Hamas took, gave me a number of scriptures. I just will read five of them. Genesis 2, verse 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. That's what's all about. A living soul. Our soul must get saved, must receive life from God. And by this, coming into, into the will of God, as we read in Hebrews chapter 10, yeah. The next scripture, we looked at it recently, Leviticus 17, verse 11, for the soul of the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. Only if we received the reconciliation through Jesus Christ our Lord, then we have the access to that what God prepared for us. Because the divine life was in the blood of the Lamb of God. And also this we already emphasized. All, all the reconciled ones are receiving eternal life. They are being born again unto a living hope by the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Deuteronomy chapter 10 verse 12 Deuteronomy 10 verse 12 And now Israel, what does the Lord thy God require of thee but to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in all his ways, 
and to love Him and to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul. Then we are coming to the point. The natural man, which is not being born again, cannot place himself into the will of God by himself. He must be placed by God, that we are fearing God, that we are walking in His ways, that we are doing His will by His grace. You cannot do it. I cannot do it. To this, there is a new heart needed and a new spirit is needed. Then, in Deuteronomy 30, verse 6, and the Lord thy God will circumcise thine heart and the heart of thy seed to love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul that thou mayest live. The Lord thy God will circumcise thine heart circumcising thine heart. Paul, of course, said it in the New Testament. He lined it out. Next scripture from Psalm, Psalm 16 of our Lord. Psalm 16, verse 10. For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine Holy One to see corruption. Our Lord gave himself for us. He went down to hell. He conquered death and he rose on the third day and he could say, I live and I have the keys of hell and of death. Let us come now back to the word which we recently looked at, namely, from Psalm 51, Psalm 51, and on last Sunday, also 73, Psalm 73, here, let it tonight, let it tonight be our prayer, just before God, in faith, to hear the word, and to pray with Psalm 51, from verse 12. Restore unto me the, the... Verse 10. Create in me a clean heart. You cannot do it. I cannot do it. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Is this our prayer tonight? Create in me. Do it in me. I cannot do it. Do it in me. Create in me a clean heart, O God. And renew a right spirit within me. Just having the 
assurance of faith about which is which is uh, stronger than any doubt because we experience it personally personal experiences nobody can take them from us and then in verse 11 cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me also this we are crying out by faith we are crying out by faith cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. Also this belongs to it. Then, these powerful words in Psalm 73, which already start with it, Psalm 73, a psalm of Asaph. Here it says, verse 23, Nevertheless, no, verse 1. Truly, God is good. Create in me a clean heart, O God. And then, truly, God is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. Whatever might, might have happened, nevertheless, God is full of mercy. Of all who have a clean heart. Then the man of God describes that he almost stumbled because he saw the wicked, how well they are living, until he entered into the most holy place. And there he saw the end of the wicked. And then he was helped. Then he was grateful that he was not part of them, but that he was separated. And then it says in verse 16 and 17, in Psalm 73, when I thought to know this, it was too painful for me until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then understood I their end. So, not looking to that, what unbelievers have and how well they are. Even if we look in our time, the banks are helped. What is with the pensioners and what is with the poor? They are paying the, the bill. But we don't look into the earthly things. It's of course written. There will be perplexity among the nations. There is no solution for the problems. No, no. 
And as it was already mentioned, we are truly, we arrived at the end of the time of grace. And then this man of God, of course, in verse 23 and 24, he summarized it in Psalm 73. Nevertheless, I am continually with thee. Thou hast holden me by my right hand. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel. With thy counsel. God has a counsel. And this counsel he revealed. And Paul writes in Acts 20, I have declared unto you all of the counsel of God. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel. This is of course enough. Shall the, shall the unbelievers, let it be better with, for them. What, so what? So what? Nevertheless, I am continually with thee. Thou hast holden me by my right hand. To be honest, all the churches and all the denominations, they are left in peace by the enemy. They are dancing after his music. Who, want, who had to suffer from the beginning? Not only our Lord, also the New Testament Church. The blood of the martyrs was shed. The church of the living God has no place on this earth. She is not recognized. She is not welcomed in this world at all. But as written here, you are guiding me with thy counsel. And this counsel God has revealed to us in this time class. And he leads his church in this time according to his counsel. And he leads us truly into the most deep mysteries and secrets of the word. And that what was hidden from the ages, this God has revealed to us by his grace. Also we, as the church, I noted it down here, that Brother Brenham, he spoke about it. One quote now. Our today's Urim and Tumim is the Word of God. He refers to Exodus 28, verse 30, and he refers to all the other scriptures of the Old Testament. Up to that, what is written in Nehemiah, let us read the word from the prophet Nehemiah to just say something briefly about it. Here in Nehemiah, we have the following statement. I'm asking that now in connection with the calling out and gathering of the New Testament church in the light of the word of prophecy to see it in it. Nehemiah, chapter 7, 
65, Nehemiah, chapter 7, verse 65. And the governor said unto them that they should not eat of the most holy things till there stood up a priest with the Urim and Tumim. We all, we all know under Ezra and Nehemiah, the people found back and the temple of the Lord was built again upon the original foundation. But this divine judgment had to be there. Not only the temple was built according to the original measurements, but that what was done in the temple, this had to be in line with God and His Word. With that, what God revealed from His Word. And in the Ark of the Covenant, what was left there, Brother Brennan said, He said it 138 times. He speaks of the breastplate upon the heart of Aaron in connection with the New Testament Church. That everything has to align with the doctrine of the apostles and prophets that not everyone can do and teach like he wishes, but that the church, which now is called out from all peoples, tongues, and nations, called out from all denominations, that she is built up upon the original foundation of faith, but that also in the church, everything has to line, has to be judged with a light and perfections, that the divine light has to flesh, so that we know that it is written like this. We have heard of the new heart, of the new covenant we heard. Let me to this read from Hebrews chapter 3. Before we come briefly back into the Old Testament, brothers and sisters, we have, of course, we have spoken about the plan of salvation of God. We touched, we, de- we, we dealt with the biblical subjects, but now it is about you and me. Not only that we, in the teaching points, are agreeing with God and His Word, but that we with all our hearts, that we with our hearts are finding our place in the Church, in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Because very quickly, very quickly, it could happen that we outwardly are aligning with God and His Word, but the heart, the mind probably received it, but what is with the heart? And then we are coming to the point. 
Those who were ready went in to the marriage supper and the door was closed. Brothers and sisters, with this proclamation must not only be connected the calling out and the preparation, but the completion, the completion, the perfection of the Church of Jesus Christ must be found in the perfect will of God. Here in Hebrews chapter 3, we read in verse 7 and 8, Hebrews 3, 7 and 8, Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, today, today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. We need the new heart, which is in line with God. Harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, in the day of temptation in the wilderness. In the Old Testament, a new heart was not even possible. The word was written on stony tablets, but not in a fleshly heart. And therefore God said, I will take out from you the stony heart, and I will give you a heart of flesh, so that you feel it, so that you feel the word when it is written in your heart. And then, Harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. God sends trials to find out whether we are ready to believe, to believe as the scriptures has said it. Then, the two verses from Hebrews 3, verse 12 and 15. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. It is just like that that God wants to have us completely and that we believe His word in every point and that we receive it for us bindingly. And as Brother Kupfer said just before that, he said, when we are hearing God's word, then God speaks to us. When we are doing God's word, when we are doing God's word, then God himself has his way in our lives. And only then his will happens. Because then we are not only hearers of the word, but that we are doers of the word. And by this, are coming into agreement with God.
In the prophet Ezekiel, we are finding, of course, the precious word which reminds us what our Lord said and promised in the Old Testament and in the New, by His grace, He has given it. Brothers and sisters, let us receive it. It's a divine fact. The New Covenant is a divine fact, a reality. And it's a perfect covenant. Here in Ezekiel 36, verse 26 and 27, it says, And I will give you a new heart, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. Now just be honest now. Do we have this perfect love among one another? and toward God, that we out of a pure heart can love one another. And here it says in verse 27, And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and ye shall keep my judgments and do them and do them and do them not people as we heard it in October from the 15th of October we heard it from the Vatican News that there in the general audience it was said We are the body of the Lord. We are the church of Jesus Christ. And then came also the climax, as Mary has borne the Redeemer, so the church is bearing the redeemed, which are then having a part of it. Then are all coming the line, the explanations, which are so nicely, biblically decorated, as we could not line it out better. But if one then thinks about of what is hiding behind it, then we have great pain in our hearts. And we are not judging any man, but we are taking ourselves the right to say what our Lord said. He that believeth in me, as the scripture has said, not as the dignitaries, not as the church fathers. And now just be honest now. Let us refer it to our, to our time. Namely the same measuring rod. Do you want to hear it? How many directions are there within the end time message? 
where it is not being said anymore. That's how it is written. That's how the Lord said it. No, they say, the prophet said, and the prophet said. Here is the vast difference. The reference is not to the prophet. The reference is to God, which spoke through the prophet. And there we are distinguishing us from all the others. Perhaps because of the divine mandate, the divine message to carry it. And therefore, it's not William Branham, our authority is not William Branham, but Jesus Christ and the word of God from Genesis 1 up to Revelation, the last verse. We are respecting all the men of God. But, but now, just be honest. As this had to be placed, what the prophets said in the Old Testament and how they were giving the evidence, how it came to fulfillment in the New Testament, how, how it could be placed accordingly, that's how we have it now in our time. That everything, what Brother, Brother Brenham said, that it may not be separated from the Word, but it must be brought back into the Word, so that not He is the authority, but that the Lord is and remains the authority, and His holy, written and revealed Word. If we would only judge others and if we would not judge ourselves, what would that be? What would it be? Let us say it again. Just imagine. Just imagine the Lutheran Church would accuse the Pope that the Roman Church is doing what he decides. When, when then this measuring rod is lined to the Lutheran Church, then they are all doing what the bishop says. And let us put the measuring rod to the Anglican Church, to all the churches and denominations. Everywhere is being done that what the head of this denomination says and what is decided. But in the church of Jesus Christ, everything is already decided. Not one single decision has to be made. Here, everything is written already. And for this, we are very grateful to God. And by the way, Brother Branham was of course sent to bring us back to the beginning to show us the divine foundation and to show us how the church was built at the beginning. What concerns us now as the church, and please, 
permit me to add the word bright church. This one has to do. Also here, Brother Brenham made a very good comparison. He said, we are not only in the last church age, but we are in the last church age, in the bright age we were led in, namely, into the very last phase where the bright church in the last age is being called out and are hearing and hears to that what the Spirit is saying unto the churches. And then we are thinking to some scriptures, especially to Revelation, chapter 19, Revelation, chapter 19, very well known to all of us. But, brothers and sisters, we have to be acquainted now with a thought that as an earthly bride is preparing herself weeks and months and perhaps years, whatever the time of engagement is, she will prepare everything what shall happen at the, at the wedding. But right at the end, she is not anymore concerned and doing what will happen at the tables and how everyone will see it. Right at the end, she is concerned with herself to please and to meet her husband. The same it is now with us. Everything else, all the things around, the teaching, the word of prophecy, everything God has given to us by His grace. Yes, and it belongs to it. But right at the end, right at the end, it's about the bride. Not anymore how many tables and what, what, what will be served. But no, then it is about the bride. And she's always looking into the mirror. She's always looking into the mirror. And then sometimes comes the white cloth, the garment, and then one prepares herself for the bridegroom. Brothers and sisters, this is the stand in which we are now coming in. Now coming in, that the true bride inwardly and outwardly is decorated to meet the bridegroom and to please him. For whom does she decorate herself? Of course, for the bridegroom. And, and so, we are just so grateful. If we are reading here in Revelation, chapter 19, we are here reading the very well-known words. Let me read from verse 5, Revelation, chapter 19, from verse 5. And a voice came out of the throne, saying, Praise our God, all ye his servants, and ye that fear him, both small and great. This voice came not from a world capital. She came from the throne of God. 
saying, Praise our God, all ye his servants, and ye that fear him, both small and great. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thunderings, saying, Hallelujah. For the Lord God omnipotent reigneth, To this moment we are all waiting. And then verse 7 and 8 and 9. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him. For the marriage of the Lamb is come and his bride has made herself ready. The millennium is announced. But firstly comes, of course, the marriage of the Lamb. And before the marriage comes the preparation of the bride. And only then, when our Lord, after the marriage supper, comes down and we with Him, then the millennium will start. Then in verse 8, And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. And afterward, it says in verse 9, And he says unto me, Write, Blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he says unto me, These are the true sayings of God. We are blessed because we are invited unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And also this has to be said time and again. As then, at the first coming of Christ, John the Baptist was preparing the way for the Lord and leading bride and bridegroom together, so we have the great divine privilege to in this time to be acquainted with the divine message which the bridegroom addresses to the bride and also to carry it into all the world. And brothers and sisters, 
If we at this place are saying, it's the last message in the last time, then we are saying with this the truth. And if our Lord said in Matthew 24, verse 14, this word of the kingdom shall be preached unto all nations for a witness, This was not even possible 50 years ago. Today, the whole world can be reached on all the continents, in all the cities. By the way, our brothers and sisters are hearing us today in the small little country Swaziland. They are hearing this transmission. May God bless them there. Yes, the word of the Lord is reaching the ends of the earth. God has taken care of it by His grace. So, write, blessed are they who are invited for the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he says unto me, These are the true sayings of God. We are saying Amen to this. Because they are addressed to us, brothers and sisters. I just claim now that all who are now hearing the divine message And if they believe it with all their heart, that they were chosen before the foundation of the world to be part of the bright church. Nobody will bring me away from this. Here's another important point. We know at the beginning of the New Testament, of course, the supernatural happened. Be it the visit of the angel Gabriel at Zechariah in the temple, Luke 1, be it the visit to Mary who found grace in the sight of God, whether it was at Pentecost, wherever God did something, there the supernatural took place. I also remember when Brother Branham spoke uh, about the light, about the pillar of fire, and he said, just imagine, the Lord God has given me the privilege to be photographed with him. And whoever then reads the whole Old Testament, how God was uh, together with the people of Israel for 40 years, And then the same pillar of cloud, the same pillar of fire is coming down on the 20th of January 1950 in the presence of 8,000 people coming down and is remaining, hovering above the head of Brother Brennan. And the photographers, especially Mr. Ayers and Mr. Kipperman, they are taking their pictures. And behold, not one of the many pictures came out properly. Nothing. 
of both films, only one single photo came out, and this was the photo with the light, with the pillar of fire above the head of Brother Brenham. The supernatural working of God was always a proof of the presence of God. And that's how it was in our time. God has spoken out the calling, the commission. God has confirmed the message so that we would believe. I must be honest now. The signs and miracles which I witnessed and which I saw, they were powerful, tremendous. But the revelation, the access to the word of God was greater to me and remains greater to me until the end. How many experienced it? That they were healed themselves. And, and when the time came to believe, as the scripture says, then they went their own ways. As at the time of our Lord, when our Lord had to say, do you also want to leave me? And then the answer came, Lord, where should we go? Only thou hast the words of eternal life. Let us go to Ephesians chapter 4, where we are shown what the Lord wants to do with us and through us. In the first chapters, in Ephesians, it's written about the predestination, about the mystery of God in Christ. And if we go here, if you read here in the chapters, just very powerful, and again powerful, how Paul is summarizing everything, how he lined it out, what is connected with the church. But then he comes to the personal life, not to the mysteries which God revealed, but to the personal life, which is especially shown to us in chapter 4. Let us read verse 22 up to 24. Ephesians 4, 22. That ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that ye put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Here, it's no more about mysteries. Here, it is about you and about me. 
about the most inner of the inner, about the soul, about that, what is, what is, about the new life, which has to be manifested in righteousness and holiness. Before that, we can read in verse 13, Ephesians 4, verse 13, we read, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. This has to become true in the church before the rapture. This spiritual growing, the renewing is connected to the restoration so that everything is being restored so that we as the church come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge. Is this possible? I believe it is possible. If a new heart and a new life is here, then it is possible that such mind as it was in Jesus Christ, that it can also be in us. And then we are told from verse 25, Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his, with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. So, also the behavior with one another is clarified by God and is and is put in order. For we are members of the same body, and Christ is the head of the body. Even we don't have to be angry. Verse 26, we may not be angry with one another. Be ye angry, sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. And you all know what is connected with this. It's written in verse 27. Neither give place to the devil. Give, neither give place to the slanderer. The church of Jesus Christ must at the end come into the full measure, into the perfect measure of the stature, of the fullness of Christ. Brothers and sisters, we need a spiritual growth and God who made the beginning with us and in us, He leads on and He will finish unto the day of His return. In verse 29 we read in Ephesians 4, 
Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Also here we have to ask ourselves, does it bring blessing? What I will say now, does it serve for the others for edification, as written here? Or uh, has I, have I become not a blessing? Then the very special request now in verse 13. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of your redemption. Grieve not. You are sealed. But please, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. In words and deeds. Let us take heed that we don't grieve the Spirit of God. And to this belongs verse 31 and 32. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. And then in verse 9, in chapter 5, Ephesians 5, Verse 9, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. Now just two more scriptures, brothers and sisters, from James. Chapter 5, here we have the words which are of course written in connection with the return of Jesus Christ, in connection with the early and latter rain, with the restoration as Job then experienced it. You can read it in James chapter 5 from verse 7 be patient therefore brethren unto the coming of the Lord and then behold the farmer waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and has long patience for it until it receive the early and Letter rain. 
Be ye also patient. Establish your hearts. For the coming of the Lord has come near. The word could have been written yesterday. That's how the Spirit of God 2,000 years ago could already dictate that what we have to preach today in that time where the return of Jesus Christ is really at hand. And then the admonition grudge not one against another brethren lest ye be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. Let us today make our decision that while the sermon goes on, that we don't think on somebody else, but as we said it before of the, of the bride, in the last moments, it's no more about what is taking place around her. In the last minutes, in the last hours, it is only about the bride which wants to meet the bridegroom. It is about, about the white garment. It's only about the bride. In this case, brothers and sisters, it is about you and me personally. Not that we think on somebody else while the preaching goes on, but as the bride, and all the brides after the marriage, they can still confirm it today. They're all looking into the mirror. And they can have one mirror here and another mirror back of the head. And Yes, they are looking from all sides, they are seeing them. And everything must be perfect from all sides before she meets the bridegroom. This is, of course, generally known. Why did the Lord use such examples from the very natural realm, namely, to show us in the last minutes, in the last hours, it's no more about the decorating of the room, not anymore who will sit here and who will sit here. No. Looking into the mirror, taking a bath, being prepared so that one can meet the bridegroom. And I dare to say here, that we now are coming, moving into this time. And as we mentioned already before, in all the years, the teaching, as it was never on this earth before, the insight into the counsel of our God, truly, 
the Lord has taken us into the most holy place, has spoken to us. I'm asking you, what kind of word of the, of the scripture has remained dark? Where would be the answer left? God has revealed every word and he also has shown the connections by his grace. But the one is the teaching and the other is the personal preparation of the bride unto the moment of the meeting of with the bridegroom. And then it is about the white garment. Then it is about that no spot and no wrinkle, neither on the bride nor on the wedding garment or somewhere is being found. And therefore, the word from Ephesians, also from chapter 5, verse 27, Ephesians 5, verse 27, that in this way he might present the church, present her to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Now, just as, as a warning, I read now from Re Revelation chapter 22. Revelation chapter 22, verse 10, 11, and 10. Uh, 12. And he says unto me, Seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. And now comes a very serious word. In the very last phase, it is being fulfilled what is written in verse 11. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. We have to take heed to this now, brothers and sisters. I don't know how you feel now. But whoever recognizes the signs of the time, he knows it. He knows it that the return of the Lord is really at hand. And that the bride is preparing herself now not missing the connection. And also about this, we time and again have spoken. And I'm writing it also now in my December circular letter. God really, He took care of everything so that the one ministry leads over into the other ministry 
so that there is no interruption at all, but that the last message truly is reaching the ends of the earth. I will make a new covenant with you. I will give you a new heart, a pure heart. I will put my spirit within you. And then we are members. Also at the ending of this sermon, we reached Psalm 51. Lord, create in me a clean heart. Keep me. Keep me. Hold me on my right hand. I have engraved you into the palms of my hand. Thou art mine. Nobody will pluck them out of my hand. What an assurance of faith is of course in all these words. And let us say it in closing, very clearly. What for, for what are all the trials through which we have, we have to go, be it in the families, whether, whatever it might be, for what? For what are these trials? Psalm 73, nevertheless, nevertheless, I am continually with thee. Thou art with me. You are guiding me. I am thine. I belong to you. We are not belonging to ourselves. We are, we are purchased very with an expensive price. We are the Lord's. I hope that we in the summary can say that God has not only pardoned us, but that he was leading us from clarity to clarity. And every connection which God revealed to us, of course, testifies that he leads us. Yes, by his Spirit, he leads us into all, his, in all the truth. We could not see anything at all, because the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit. Today, we want to thank our God with all our hearts that he has pardoned us, that he has revealed his word and will unto us, that he has given us a new heart so that we can agree with him and his word that we can believe as the scripture has said. May all the others walk their own ways. May in all the churches and denominations, may they do what they like. We are the Lord's. And to us applies only what God has said in his word. This is the measuring rod. As we mentioned already, our Lord says, He that believeth on me, as the scripture says, has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. 
Let us expect the greatest blessings of God which were ever on this earth. Our Lord, our God is a great God. And as we read briefly in James chapter 5, God used Job as an example. And he received a restoration in a double portion. Why is that example given in connection with the return of the Lord, in connection with the early and latter rain? The example that God restored everything unto Job in a double portion. Our God is a faithful God. Old and New Testament are agreeing. And so we can walk on in full assurance of faith. He who started, he will also finish in you and in me. It will be worthwhile to believe, as the scripture says, it will be worthwhile that we have taken our stand in the word and letting God work in us by his spirit. He, the Almighty God, who sits on his throne also tonight, he, look, he looks down on us. He, the Lord, He who is at the same time in heaven and on earth, the heaven was not empty when God was on Mount Sinai. God is omnipresent. He is today present. He wants to give new hearts. He wants to give new life. He wants to, in the most inner part of our soul, he wants to lay this divine life into it so that we can also say then, now I live no longer, but Christ lives his life in me and through me. Do, do we all want this? With God, all things are possible. Let us believe it with all our hearts. And he, the Lord, will make it well. Amen. Let us stand up. Let us sing together the chorus just as I am. The Lord said it very clearly in the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 24. If you don't believe that I am He, then ye will die in your sin. 
Brothers and sisters, precious friends, today God wants to do great things. This meeting may not come to an end without that we together have prayed, have believed, and have received what God promised unto us. Through the sermon, the will of God is shown to us. And through the sermon of the word, God speaks to us. And if we receive it by faith, what he promised unto us, then it becomes a divine reality in our lives by His grace. And as we emphasized, the last hours are serving for the purpose that the bride prepares herself. Brothers and sisters, to me it is not enough that we have read this word in Revelation 19, verse 7. Only then, when we are referring it to us, if we are finding ourselves in it, finding ourselves in it, and His bride, and then we can add here, I also belong to it. I also let myself be prepared that it is not only written, but that it is written into our lives. The same applies to the new heart, that it is not only written, I will make a new covenant with you, I will give you a new heart, but that, that, that we just say, dear Lord, we believe, I believe that you made the new covenant in thy blood with us. And I'm asking you now, give me a new heart, a new life. Give me your Holy Spirit. Let the word of God today not return void. May it accomplish in all of us who we are now believing and by faith, by faith looking up to the throne of grace, knowing that the blood of the Lamb is still on the mercy seat until the end of the time of grace. So we can all come. And today a special word now to all the young people. Perhaps you have grown up in believing houses. Perhaps you have looked into the world. Perhaps you went even into the world. And you cannot free yourselves. Today it shall happen. And today all who, you who are newly added, all who have not yet experienced the grace of God consciously, receive it today for you by faith. The Lord is present 
He wants to save. He wants to heal. He wants to deliver. He wants to bless. And He wants to give us what He promised in His Word. And to this, we are singing now, only believe, only believe. And then we'll pray together. How many want to be included in this prayer? Just raise your hand. Of course, all of us. I was asked, I'm also announcing it now, let us not be so loud in this prayer, but let each one thank the Lord in a pleasant volume through which, by which others are not disturbed. Also here we have to take care to one another and we have to feel with one another and may God give it to us by His grace. Let us pray, Heavenly Father, with all my heart and with all my soul, we thank you for your precious and holy word, for every promise. Dear Lord, we are receiving it today for us personally that we have come into the last phase where the bride experiences her preparation by your grace. We thank you for all the teaching, for the word of prophecy. We are thanking you for the revelation of all the mysteries from Genesis up to Revelation 22. And now we ask you for us at this place and for your church, for the bride of the Lamb worldwide, that you, O Lord, the bridegroom of our souls, that you come to you right with us by your grace. O Lord, create everything new, a new heart, a new spirit, 
a new experience, Lord, with you, together we thank you, Lord, Almighty God, for your holy word. And all the people said, Amen. And again, Amen. Our Lord is the Amen. He has given promises and He fulfills them in you, in me, in us. Precious Lord and Savior, you on the cross of Calvary you have shed your blood in which was the divine life. You have shed it for us to redeem us not only from sin and unrighteousness so that we put off the old man putting on the new man which is created after righteousness and holiness precious Lord let the word which we heard tonight let it become true in us and through all of us. We are feeling your presence. You are present at this place. You have spoken with us as a bridegroom speaks to his bride. You are watching as your bride is preparing herself and you are returning. You are coming again in our time. We are also thanking you for this, beloved Lord that we can see the Bible prophecy in its fulfillment, that we can place it by your grace. We can place it under the leading of your Holy Spirit. Together we thank you for your precious and holy word which has become a lamp unto our feet a light on our path. Precious Lord, now we are praying together for all, for all who are in trouble, wherever there's trouble, be it natural or spiritual trouble, wherever there are trials, Lord, may all brothers and may all sisters recognize and may all enter into the holy place and may they not envy the wicked because they are living better than us but looking at their end and then reminded on our own end our new beginning, when we put off the mortality and if we put on immortality and you as bridegroom will return to take your bride home 
may it happen under the leading and working of your Holy Spirit that your bride is getting prepared also today at this place and all over the earth. Bless together with us your worshipping people all of the blood-bought flock which has become your inheritance for time and for eternity. Once again, I thank you for your holy word, for your grace, for the redemption, for all the leadings and guidings through thy Holy Spirit. Also for all my brothers and sisters who have come from near and far to hear your word. That's how you announced it in the prophet. You said, I will send a famine, not a famine for bread, not a hunger for bread, but to hear the words of God. For man does not live by bread alone. Today I want to thank you, my beloved Lord, that you have given reverence into all our hearts reverence before your word for all what you promised and what you're doing now. Bless us. Lift up thy countenance upon us and give us thy blessing and thy peace. I thank you that you have given new hearts, that you have given new lives, and that people will go from here with the assurance of faith in their hearts to have found grace in your sight, walking on your ways until we are coming from believing unto seeing. Lord, Almighty God, to you be the honor for everything. In Jesus' holy name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Let us sing all things new, all things new. And perhaps the sisters will have a song which fits to everything. You can remain standing. We have taken the seats long enough.
kann sein Wort. Wacht ihr Erlösten, wacht immer fort. Zu jeder Stunde, an jedem Ort, wachet der Herr, kommt bald. Eifrig sei im Wachen und im Flehen, bis du erscheinst, Herr, bis wir dich sehen und dir entgegen gehen. Der Bräutkamm kommt, wer Rechtes bedenkt, hält seinen Blick zum Ziele gelenkt, nicht in das Irdsche Treiben versenkt, wachet der Herr, kommt bald. Herr, wir wollen in Bereitschaft stehen, eifrig sein im Wachen und im Flehen, bis du erscheinst, Herr, bis wir dich sehen und dir entgegengehen. Der Bräutkamm kommt, ihr wisst es zuvor, richtet nach oben Auge und Ohr, richtet den Sinn, die Herzen empor, wachet der Herr, kommt bald. Herr, wir wollen in Bereitschaft stehen, eifrig sein im Wachen und im Flehen, bis du erscheinst, Herr, bis wir dich sehen und dir entgegen gehen. Der Bräutkamm kommt und wer und verletzt ihm seine Treue, Hält bis zuletzt, wird über Großes der Eins gesetzt, wachet der Herr, kommt bald. Herr, wir wollen in Bereitschaft stehen, eifrig sein im Wachen und im Flehen. Bis du erscheinst, Herr, bis wir dich sehen und dir entgegen gehen. Der Bräutkamm kommt und holet die Braut, die sich auf Erden schon ihm vertraut. Die auf sein Kommen stündlich geschaut, wachet der Herr, kommt bald. Herr, wir wollen in Bereitschaft stehen, eifrig sein im Wachen und im Flehen, bis du erscheinst, Herr. 
bis wir dich sehen und dir entgegen gehen. Herr, wir wollen in Bereitschaft stehen, eifrig sein im Wachen und im Flehen, bis du erscheinst, Herr, bis wir dich sehen und dir entgegen Then Brother Schmidt will pray with us. Let us sing. Heavenly Father, we are thanking you together for your grace, for that what you have done for us in these moments, O God of heaven. You have spoken to us. You were pointing to it, Lord, that we have to stop all the unimportant things that we let ourselves be prepared unto this glorious day unto the day when you will come and when you when we can meet you rejoicing in the air Lord I thank you that we can look up to you I thank you that you are speaking to us I thank you for your holy word yes we are thanking you together for what you have spoken to us and as and what you have spoken to us Lord Jesus Christ, let us be ready at any moment for the glory of your name. Amen. Let us sing, Thou art worthy, Thou art worthy. And all the people said, Amen. Could you all receive this personally? You all know, if it is written in 1 John chapter 3, we shall see him as he is and will be like him. Can you believe this personally? Don't look on yourself. Don't look on the visible things. Don't look on the circumstances. 
Nevertheless, thou art holding me at my right hand. Not you are holding him. He holds you. If you had to hold him, then the power could fail. But he holds you. He holds me. He has risen. He is alive. Also, concerning the rapture, brothers and sisters, John saw the great multitude clothed in white linen. Brother Brenham has seen it. And Brother Frank has also seen it. Yes. 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 Praise and thanks be unto our God. I believe for you also with all my heart. God has laid it in such a way to him be the honor. To him be the honor. We give the glory only to Jesus. Let us see. And we say all Amen. Now each one is shaking hands with each one. Wish one another God's blessing. The Lord be with us. Take heed that everything happens in peace. Also when you stay overnight, that the parents are looking over their children and that everything comes to its end in peace. Yes, <laughs> sicher.